Linda Moser of Remax Living. Hello, I'm Glynis Crook. It's the image I have in my head of many of the historic little towns around the Cape. Beautiful old buildings, thick white walls, the gables, and of course, streets lined with oak trees. But oaks are not indigenous to South Africa. They were introduced to the Cape by Jan van Riebeek as early as 1656. And over a period of some 40 years, from 1679 to 1706, thousands of them were planted around Cape Town and country districts like Paal, Stellenbosch and Swellendam, of course. I was reminded that there are, in fact, aliens earlier this week when I read a paper co-written by my guest today, Christian Hildenace. He's a postgraduate student in Stellenbosch University's Department of Botany and Zoology. Christian, welcome to the program. Do we know anything about why Jan van Rubik, or at least his administration, brought these oaks to the Cape? Yes, uh, thank you so much for having me. As you said, the oaks, the first... Uh, species to be introduced was the English oak in 1656, and it was initially introduced for timber provision, although it wasn't very successful as a as a tree for timber provision and was later planted mainly for ornamental reasons. I read somewhere that they've never actually really been suited to our climate. Even the cork oaks haven't managed to produce cork that could be used for wine corks, for example. Apparently our winters were, were never cold enough for them. Well, yes, they they typically, especially cork oak, doesn't grow as well in our climate. Though we have, there are records of cork being harvested in South Africa, though not a lot because they don't grow as quickly as in their native environments. But generally speaking, they do well enough in our climate to naturalize in some situations. They've actually been very, very widely cultivated and planted since Jan van Riebeek and Simon van Stil, in fact, right across the country. So they've been yes. around for hundreds of years. Why have they now become a problem? Well, there's first a, a small caveat that there's not only one species, but many species. And uh, although the English oak has been around for 400 years, almost other species are more recent and are and we're cultivating them more recently. So many of them are only now becoming a problem because of what we call lag phases. It's very typical for invasive species or naturalizing species to have long periods of time where they don't do anything and then suddenly they can naturalize and become a problem. So in what way are there, are there a problem in the Cape? Oaks in particular, I wouldn't say they're a big problem yet in terms of their naturalizing capabilities. But uh, they are a problem in terms of they're very susceptible to another invasion, which is the polyphagous shuttle borer, PSHB. So it's essentially a, a small beetle that bores into the side of the trees and essentially causes them to die. So you're saying that the shuttle borer is, is a problem. They, they're also very susceptible to other diseases as well, aren't they? Yes, exactly. That makes them problematic to plant because if they catch a disease like the, the it'll likely it'll cause um what is it hazards around it if it you know there's risks of it falling over and stuff like that but surely christian this is something that they have been getting in the past 400 or however many years that they have been growing in the cape why is this now become a bigger problem well the pshb has only been introduced in 2012 as far as we know and it's only starting to spread and 
yeah, um, there's been recent research on this beetle that has found that the the damages that will be caused by it are in the order of um, something like 18 billion US dollars over the next 10 years. Is that because they're having an impact on other trees? What's the reason for that? Yes, the term polyphagus in the name means that it infects a bunch of different species, and especially oaks are especially vulnerable to these. And uh, these costs are mainly just simply the removal of trees, because when a tree gets infected, it dies. And as I said, you know, it's a risk to infrastructure and people around it and has to be removed. And just that cost alone is estimated to be in the billions of dollars over the next 10 years. So the oaks, in if there's kind of carrier for this disease, then what do we need to do? Remove them. <laughs> is it as simple as that? Yeah, I mean, it's never as simple as that because um, people don't want to remove them and it costs money to remove them. But the reality is once a tree gets infected, it is impossible. It is untreatable, right? So you have to remove it. And uh, these trees, they act as, um, what's the term again? enhancement species or something like that, which means that if a tree is infected, the beetle will reproduce and it will result in massive spread thereof. So if it once it's infected, you have to remove it. Otherwise, it only gets worse. So you're saying that across the city, across towns like Swellendam, Stellenbosch, whatever, we need to be systematically removing the oak trees, whether they're infected or not. I mean, we have no choice. They will have to be removed at some point because at the rate that the, the PSHB is spreading, you know, within 30 years from now, there might be no oaks left in our urban areas. So you're saying they all need to be removed, but they very much part of the landscape of our towns here in the Cape. Do you think that there is a willingness to take them all out? Short answer is it's complicated because, yes, people are attached to these trees and, you know, and I, I think rightly so. It's, it's a very culturally significant, you know, these are culturally significant trees. But um, again, the reality of the situation is that it will have to be done and that we have no choice. Thanks to Christian Hildenace, a postgraduate student in Stellenbosch University's Department of Botany and Zoology. And that's it for this week. From Eaglinus Crook, take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Your home should be a safe space where you breathe easily, relax and recharge. So whom do you trust to secure your happily ever after? Remax Living are real estate partners that understand that your home should be a place of containment that reflects your lifestyle. At Remax Living, selling homes starts with knowing and caring for people. Galinda Moser has a long-standing relationship with FMR. Contact her at galinda at remaxliving.co.za. Remax, the leaders in real estate. 